I don't do any interviews ever. Like, honestly, like, um, I can only count on these hands in the entire, uh, I get like super crazy, like anxious about stuff like that. So it's like very rare. I do stuff like this. So, uh, wow. yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Well, I'm, like 15 years. I'm trying to step out a little bit and do a little bit more. So, uh, you know, I've got kids now. I can't just be this, <laughs> yeah. I've got to show them to step out of your comfort zone and like, and do it, you know? So well, yeah, yeah and people probably for a reason, you know, you don't, you don't see me on interviews is just cause I'm, I'm used to just kind of like letting some of the other personalities in the band just go, go for it. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, but I mean, people want to hear from all members of the band. I just had the bass player from rat on and oh, wow. episode blew up. Like, I was just like, what? Like, I didn't think it was going to be, it has more than my episode. My interview with the singer, Stephen Piercy. I was like, this is crazy. Because crazy. different stories, you know, it's like people have already, they've heard Stephen Piercy tell the same stories probably a million <laughs> times, whereas like, you know, Juan hasn't done that many interviews. So it's right. kind of, yeah, might be in the same boat. Honestly, it's, um, yeah, it's cool though. You know, I say in the past, maybe like month, I've really kind of tried to do a little bit more and it's, uh, it's like, you just get used to it a little bit, kind of, so I'm slowly getting used to it. You know what I mean? Just kind of go with flow. It is. What yeah. It is. Yeah. <laughs> no stress. Well, it depends. It probably depends on the interviewer too. Sometimes the interviewer can make it more difficult. Totally. Hopefully I make it good for you. <laughs> yeah, no, no worries. Absolutely. Sometimes it gets a bit weird with like language barriers and stuff sometimes, but I don't think we've got that here. So we should. Oh <laughs> yeah. Well, there's a, there's some things like I had a, a British guy on uh, the other day and he was saying something like, yeah, you know, he's talking about uh, what you guys call trucks over there. I think he called Lorries. them Ollie's or Lorries. Lorries. Yeah. And I was yeah, like, yeah. I, with context, I, I figured out, I think what he, well, I knew what he meant, but I looked it up later and I was like, okay, yeah. Cause I didn't, yeah, I, didn't want to sound stupid and go, what's a lorry. Honestly, I have to question. I have to like second guess. Now I've been living in America for longer than almost longer than I've been. I've ever lived in England. Really. I came over here when I was 17. I'm 32 now. So bordering that kind of cusp of like, I've been living here since the, the inception of the band. Really. It's crazy. I'm just outside. Okay. Yeah. So wait, which part of um, England are you from? Because there's, I know some. Of, I'm learning different parts of the cities and things. Yeah, I'm from uh, I'm from Yorkshire. I'm from about five hours north of London, uh, from a city, the city of York, actually in North Yorkshire. Uh, so I was born and raised, and uh, I went to college there and met Danny and Cameron there. You know, we were in the local bands. It, that city pretty much was where four of the five members of Asking are from, really around the city at least. So, um, oh, okay. Yeah. And then which part of America did you move to? And is it the same place you live now? No, no, we've been all over the place. Uh, when we first came over, we just landed. I'm sure you've heard like the story of how we kind of came over, but we were, um, we just flew into like JFK and like as we got as far as Jersey and lived in a Walmart parking lot for like half a year until we, we didn't have a label or management or anything. We just kind of had a little dream. We were teenagers and we just, MySpace was a thing. So we were trying to network and we were legitimately living out of a, um, a, a van in a, in a Walmart parking lot in Jersey, just trying to meet people. And that was in like 08, 09. Oh, so, I love, from, see, I love those kind of stories where it's like, like how people got to be successful. Love the ones where people are sleeping in their cars or on yeah, couches. Yeah. Or- that was all of us, man. And then uh, eventually we all started meeting, you know, people and kind of setting our roots in certain places. But um we started in jersey then i kind of moved to california and i was in california for about five or six years if i get my math right um then from there i I did like a year in texas i did and then i did about five years in or like four years in arizona or something and then i just moved here like last year to nashville so So how did you know back in the day when you moved to jersey and you're like 
you're you're sleeping in the van in the Walmart parking lot. Like, did were you at all, ever worried? Like, hey, maybe this was a bad idea. Like, we're not making it. Maybe I should give up. Like, there must have been thoughts of giving up. Honestly, there was no thoughts of it because it happened so quickly. Like, it really did happen so quickly. Like, we were just like so riled up, like as teenagers, that we were just like so adamant that we were going to do it. We everybody in England told us, like everyone from where we were from, at least our little pond of you know, uh, friends and other people in like bands. And we were like, yeah, we're just going to go to America and see if we can break America. And it just seemed like such a crazy, stupid thing that we were decided to do because we didn't have a label. We didn't have management. We didn't have anything, but three demos, three songs, um, which is like what final episode, uh, sincerity and, you know, some, some of the ones from the first record. And, uh, yeah, I, uh, I remember the, I was actually, I came a little, a few months later, so um, they had a, another guy who James and Cameron was playing in a local band with who was playing bass at the time. And that didn't work out. So I got a call and I was just working at a retail store, you know, folding jeans and stuff. And I had my phone in my pocket and Danny called me. He's like, hey, can you come to my house? Like after work tonight. I'm like, is it good? Like, it's good news. Like, what's going on? He's like, it's good for everyone. And then that, that night they asked me to be in the band and I just dropped everything. And uh, we went over there and. Yeah, the rest is history. It happened so quickly within about half, maybe like, maybe like half six months, and then we, you know, we we went and recorded an album. We got signed, recorded an album, got our first tour, and then it was just when the album came out on our first tour, it just blew up, and it was just no looking back. And there was it was like hold on tight, like let's go, like so, like the world just kind of hit us. <laughs> it was like shotgun and a beer of experience. Really, it was crazy, like. Um, right. And didn't the management like and the label push you guys a little too much? Like they didn't give you a break. Oh man, everyone can point fingers and say this and that. And you know, maybe in hindsight, if I was to sit down and think about it, possibly. Um, but there was no telling us no either. We were so hungry for it and so ready to go that we I mean, we were the five guys who kids that came over here and, and took the biggest plunge before everyone anyone even knew who we were. So I think that kind of proved that we were ready to we were all in at that point. So yeah, it was pretty full on. And especially during like reckless and relentless days, like it, took, it definitely took a toll on us because uh, we were traveling all over the world. It was like, it was lit- quite literally relentless. It was constant plane, 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 bus, boat, plane, like no time at all. And lots of partying, lots of getting crazy. And there was definitely a bit of a, I feel like being that young, there was almost a bit of a narrative that was like wrapped around our band and almost brand of yeah they're the party band and they're the you know they're motley crew the new motley crew and this and that and I, it was funny because like everybody else was saying all that and we were just friends that were just having a like i don't know call it like i don't know if it's the equivalent to like college parties that never ended because we were just young and we were just having a good time but a little did we know this thing was growing and more eyes were looking at us and we were just yeah maybe a little bit maybe we've got kind of the, the beast was fed by other people a little bit, but we were, we were just young and crazy, you know? Yeah. What weren't you, didn't you uh, get your contract with the, the whiskey company canceled? Cause you were drinking like eight handles a, a day. I actually <laughs> have. No, I don't think that, I don't think that happened, but I've actually got it tattooed to my leg as well. Yeah. We, it, I don't know if that was like mayhem days when we were out on mayhem tour and they would just, they would give us like cases of whiskey and the next morning we'd be like, can we get some more? It's all gone. And it's like, <laughs> Every single person in the bus had a bottle of whiskey and it was just, it was, I'm just thinking about it. I feel, I'm sat here drinking an old fashioned right now, respectfully, just r- responsibly. <laughs> but, oh, okay. So you cool still drink, is, you've just, you've just toned it down. So, so, I can, so I can, oh, gone. I do still, sorry. 
have some members gone totally sober though or um ooh, yeah i mean for periods of time we do here and there i think that everybody now is just a completely different phase where like we've learned our lessons a little bit uh, in terms of like growing up like i said i've got kids majority of the band apart from danny have got kids we got a handle on that um a long time ago i think yeah we like to have a little bit of you know there's a little bit of it like well we'll have a night or something together on tour and we go crazy again but it's like nothing like it was like it was just ridiculous it wasn't just the booze it was all the other things that come with it and it was just you can't actually continue that for very long i don't care if you want to you can't (laughs) you can't do that and i've literally i've got a a a tattoo here on my arm it's not finished uh, by a good friend of mine in england it's literally a candle being burned at both ends because we were doing all that and trying to it, it was just impossible. It was like trying to swim with weights around your ankles. Like you just can't do it. Like, you know? Right. Well, and that seems to be the theme I've interviewed so many musicians and it's like, that's like the story. Although a lot of them, it, bur- it burns so badly that they got to do like rehab and then they get completely 100% sober. So you guys were able yeah. to just kind of slow it down a little. Yeah. I mean, there was definitely things that happened and stuff in the, you know, in the history of our band where it was like a huge wake up call and like eye open and stuff. And thankfully myself, like, more, I was more so a bystander to it than than actually it happening to me and stuff. But like, it's pretty sobering when you're quite literally sobering when you see you know like you, when you see such a change and like you can see your friends and stuff starting to change and like certain things taking over a little bit. And I'm 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 not innocent. I definitely was on the drink way too much, and it's just but it didn't seem like a problem because I wasn't the craziest one. You know what I'm saying? So I was just like, it's usually the quiet ones you've got to look out for, and it's like. I'm not the one doing all the interviews and telling people how crazy I am. I'm just chilling out and watching it and thinking, oh, wow, you're really crazy. All the while, I'm I'm doing it too, you know? <laughs> so it, it, it does take its toll, man. It does. And uh, at some point, everyone's different. But for me, like, you just got to kind of make a decision, like, what do you want from all this? And, like, what did you start out? What? You've, and I've dedicated like my entire life to this now. And it's like, I want to, I want to be the best I can be. Um, not just because I want to, but I think that um, we've got fans that have been coming to our shows for over a decade now. And they've now got, they're bringing kids. It's not, it's no longer just, we're not all just teenagers going crazy. It's like our fans are growing with us and we're starting to see that they're, this is like starting to somewhat become a bit of a family show as well as it going crazy too. But like, you can't be doing the shit we were doing back in the day when it's like that you know like and I, who was I the know. craziest uh band that you that you toured with craziest band oh you know i've got to say evergreen terrace and that was like our third tour in like it was a super hardcore tour it was them headlining for the fallen dreams and us so we were hitting all these like it wasn't a big tour it, it was a great awesome tour and we earned our, I, I don't know if we earned our stripes we got Hey, it's pretty hard on that tour. Like these guys were like veterans when we were on the road and like, we were just these skinny British long hair doing the, you know, and dr- making songs about drinking and getting fucked up. And there's a lot of hardcore straight edge people in that community. And we were playing these like floor shows. Sometimes they weren't big venues. It was like playing Reno and Utah and some places where that's not exactly welcomed. And it was like, these guys were crazy. Like the, the tour was crazy. It was scary at times. I was just like, Oh man, are we, should we be in this city right now? Should we be at this? Should we pr- be promoting that we're here right now? Like, but they were as crazy as like Evergreen Terrace and for the fallen dreams. And that were, they also had our back and it was like, but the guys in the band were crazy. They played like tour games that were just like, 
whoa, like, um, like you know, like I don't know if you heard of like buffalo or bison, the game, like where you've got to drink out of a certain hand. Well, this yeah. became like this became like law for us on the road. Like buffalo meant on buff. So for every day of the week, you had to drink out of a certain hand, right? So this is crazy. I'm telling you about this now because it's <laughs> going to get to Evergreen Terrace. Yeah, we had to drink out of our left hand. Apart from Tuesday and right and, and Thursdays, you have to drink out your right hand. And if you were caught drinking out of the wrong hand and someone shouted buffalo at you, you had to chug your drink, right? If it's a beer, cool, I'll chug my beer. But if you if it keeps happening to you, cool. Then the Evergreen Terrace dudes would do it with any liquid. And they would hide it. So these guys would be like, one poor guy would be carrying in his guitar and the rest of the band just filled it with hot sauce and and piss and puke and or anything you could think of under the sun. And then they'd be like, buffalo. And he, and they were so about it that like, you either have to drink it or you've got to pour it on your head. And it was like, you have to do it. So the amount of times I saw like, I mean, they, I mean, geez, it was funny at the time, but when I look back, I'm just like, whoa. whoa. <laughs> wow. and we, we took that game on and we, we started making all these other rules and we were doing it with liquor and, and there was one time in Sweden where Cameron nearly got arrested because I put vodka in a water bottle and he thought it was water. And I said Buffalo and he chugged a bottle of vodka because he was already pretty drunk. And there was no saying, Hey dude, you don't actually have to do that. And like 10 minutes later, he's getting carried out by Swedish police to a van. And it's like crazy stuff, you know, stupid oh. games. You can inherit from, from some of these veterans on the road. But like, I think that that's a, with the evergreen terrace for us was like pretty pretty wild and we were young so we were kids yeah were that like, is crazy i mean because everybody goes i mean not everybody but a lot of people go through their party drinking phase in their 20s and 30s but it's got to be elevated so much more when you're in a band well you do you have it on a platter every night and then there's and people think to hang out with you they've got to bring gifts they've got to bring party favors you know they've got to do that that's kind of their way in and it's like i just that's kind of the the mentality of people that want to hang, like there used to be at least. And it's like, it's started to turn out to me like the opposite. Now, please get the hell away from me <laughs> with any of this stuff. But back in the day, it was just, you just surrounded by it, you know, not to mention it's on your rider. You've got so much time in the day where you're actually not doing anything. You know, you think you're on, you're on the road for like five, six weeks. And, you know, during 24 hours, you go up and you play an hour, hour and a half and the rest of it's all taken care of. You just sit in there. You've got to occupy your time with beneficial um, things that are actually going to be good for you. Because if you don't, you're going to get bored. And if you get bored, well, you've got a cooler full of all the things that are on your rider. And you've got all these people that are like, huh, want to hang? Want to hang? You want this? You want this? You want this? It's like, you've got to fill your time with, uh, with better things. And that's, boredom will be the the death of anyone um, on the on the road so what do you do now that you're obviously trying to tone it down with the drinking and stuff in the party yeah, yeah. what do you do exercise stuff do you watch no movies? all i have to do now is because i'm in my 30s all i have to do is have one crazy night and then i'll be like <laughs> no, um, uh, i do i work out a lot now um uh, i like i i i do like a bit of art and stuff too i like to um paint and uh draw and stuff like that so and i like to read which sounds boring but not crazy rock and roll but like you know i just i'm a foodie as well i like to go and travel like into the cities that we're at and have a look around and eat and anything man like if, if, if there's something new that i don't even do i'm like into it i'm like i'm like totally open to experiences now i want to kind of like um take 
you know, I'm away from my family for six weeks. I want to like fill it with like memories and things that I'm just like, yeah, I was out there. I was here. Hell yeah. I'm going to go and do this. Yes. I'm going to go and do that. No, I'm not going to curl up in a ball until 5 PM because I'm hung over and then go on stage, come off with adrenaline and do it all again. Cause it's a cycle, you know? All right. No, that's exactly right. I think that's the, the cycle of life. You eventually reach a point where you're like, Okay, like I've done this. I've partied where I till I get sick. I, I don't want to do that every night. Because again, that's like you said, that that's your memories. And then like yeah, that's all, the all you of- start if you do if, if you do that for so long, like you start like not remembering periods of time. Right. Not just like nights. Or, do you remember when we were in Sosa? I, like, I don't even remember that tour. I don't even remember that. What there's there's this there's, there's areas of like time where I'm just like, whoa. We went around the world like three times and I don't even remember half of it because I was so messed up most of it because flights were so long. We were just like, all right, cool. And there's literally photographs of, of us like on a plane to Australia and like we're all sat together, you know, and all of our trays are just, there's not space on any of our trays, any of us. It's all just liquor bottles. And you get, and it's like, and James is just passed out <laughs> in the middle of us. And it's just like, I don't know, man, like, it get it does get old. It does get old. We we had a great time, but I want to start remembering it. You know, I don't want to be blacking out for time. You know, and I want to I want to take away from this and speak to my kids about the time that I'm lucky enough to still be able to do it. So for me, that's enough of a sign for me to be like, okay, get a grip and really appreciate it, and really don't take it for granted because I want to be able to share these things with my kids. And you know, I've got two boys, three and one. My my oldest is starting to re- starting to realize what I do. Still didn't quite get it, but he's been to one show and it was awesome. But he, when he gets a bit older, I want him to, I want to be able to share things about this crazy, awesome life that I've had, you know, not just say, yeah, this whiskey's great or, or you know, <laughs> <Right. or> they, <laughs> do that from your own home, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Well, and that kind of brings up the uh, title of the album. Where do we go from here? Because what, from what I hear in other interviews is that that's kind of what this album is about as, as getting older and life changes is finding the balance between being in a rock band and raising a family and getting married and, and having kids and all this yeah, other yeah. stuff. It's not just like, so like the more I think about it and I've done a, I've done like a handful of interviews now, like a handful of them about this record. And uh, it's usually the question that kind of comes up is like, all right, cool. Like, what does that mean? That name of the album? And it's, it does mean that, but it's also not just us. It's also, like I said, the fans that have been there with us through day one as well. Like we're all at that point now. Like, cool. Like it doesn't matter if you're in a band or if you're going off to college or you're starting a family, like no one has all the answers in their life. We're always questioning like, all right, where do I go from here? Like, cause we're just trailblazing our own life. Aren't we? Like at the end of the day, if you think that you've got it all figured out, I mean, if some people might, but I sure as hell don't. And I don't know what's going to happen in five, 10 years from now. And I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Like, without sounding too cliche, like you just have to kind of somewhat question, you know, say out loud, like, where do we go from here? Cause like, we never had a plan. <laughs> do you know what I mean? We never had a plan. And it's just, it's kind of a bit of a moment in life where you kind of start asking those questions. We're in our thirties now, like I said, and it's, it's, I'm just thankful to be here and thankful to still be doing what we're doing and like still making music that people love to hear. And, and I think that our fans, when we speak to them at like shows and we see them, like the the, the the amount of stories I hear from fans, like of different, it makes you kind of put things into perspective. I'm like, damn, I've got such an awesome life. And like some people are really going through it and my music is actually helping them. And it's like, 
it's a question for all of us, fans and our band as well, but I think everyone can relate to the name and the song itself. I don't know if you've heard the record. Have you heard the record? Oh, yeah, I heard the record. Yeah, yeah. The, song, the, the title song, Where Do We Go From Here? It's powerful. It's a, yeah, it's yeah. a ballad with keyboards. Yeah. It, it's it's sad, but like beautiful. I really yeah, like yeah. it. I know Danny definitely has his own meaning behind the lyrics and the song and stuff, but to me and the rest of the guys, it obviously made it as the title track because it re- that, that title just resonated with all of us regardless. And I think that, mm. again, it doesn't matter if it's, you know, you can really single in and like dissect what Danny means. But I think the great thing about Danny and his lyrics are they're so accessible to so many other people in so many other different ways that he might be talking about something specific, but somehow it connects with, it connects, you know, the last record we did, see what's on the inside. We did a song called um, uh, uh, You've Made It This Far. And at that point in time, we'd done all the music, we're in the studio and I hadn't heard lyrics. Danny hadn't even wrote them yet. And he went in, we were in the kitchen making food and he, uh, he's like, guys, come on in, come listen to the lyrics. And this is the first time I got to hear it. And I heard it as a fan. It was like, cool, like, this is awesome. I'm in this awesome studio and they played it. And I was like nearly in tears because his lyrics just spoke to me at that point. And I needed to hear those lyrics. And it's like, because I'm going through some crazy stuff, like a few years ago. And it was just like, wow, just needed that. So it was just another one on this record that I thought was connected with me. It's like, yeah, cool. Like, that's got to be the album type, you know? <laughs> yeah. So you hear a lot of those stories from fans as well. You're saying that the fans will come up to you and say, hey, this song really helped me through a tough time. Yeah, man. Like, it, you know, honestly, it's like you become quite jaded in your ways of just, you know, in this awesome, it's great. You know, we have, I've, I'm lucky enough to have an actual brother at home in England, like my older brother grew up with but i've got all these boys around me that i've known since i was a kid that we just love each other and we've got the support around each other now we've gone through a lot together but you see fans and you're that for them i've got all i've got a wealth of people and i can i can hit sit here and go woe is me with all my problems but i'm actually really lucky to have what i've got because i hear some stories i'm just like whoa and you're still doing it and coming out here and like and uh, yeah yeah you're you know whatever they're you know i won't go into specifics but like certain things like where fans will come and say, oh, you know, this has happened or I'm going through this at the point and, and you guys have helped me. And it's like, they lean on you like I would lean on my my support group. And it's like, I, you know, as you sober up a little bit, that those those things that people say to you really mean and they, 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 start, they start driving deep into me. Like, I'm just like, whoa, this is like affecting people in such a positive way that we really, you know, hence maybe my, maybe we did more ballads than we did like, heavier music because this is like genuinely like let's give it back you know let's give it back let's make let's make music that's actually moving people as well in another way but uh this new record is probably a little bit heavier than the, the other ones in recent oh, years yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I'm I love it um yeah oh, dude i'm of, so excited for it like to yeah make the song heavy again i gotta ask though i don't know if this has already been revealed but wh- who or what is the single about psycho because that song's amazing <laughs> It's like I'm feeling out of my mind. I feel alive. Feel crazy because I'm a fucking psycho. Who do you think it's about? Lesson? What's that? Who do you think it's about? It's Danny, isn't it? He's just he's he's just, I'm I'm like one of his best mates. I'll tell you, I've never met anyone like him. I love him, but crazy Uncle Danny. <laughs> <laughs> he's the only one in the band who ain't got his kids at the moment. But he's crazy. He's mental. He's in the best way though. Like he's an absolute sweetheart when you actually get to know him. But he has got such a a hard exterior and a very very high wall and again we've been lucky enough to be doing this together for so long that you know he's he has he is you don't know who you're gonna get with danny like he genuinely genuinely 
you changes like like and that is when he changes like every few months like that is him he genuinely feels like in like what I'm saying, like, is in is in years have gone by. Like, we've gone through, like, I don't know. Like, there's all these different versions of Danny, and it, whatever he's going through at the time, like, he just embodies it and takes it on. And like, he's in a great place right now. Like, we've never been closer, really. Like, with Danny and stuff. Like, like, and the rest of us, like, we, we talk every day. They're blowing up my phone right now down here, and I'm just like, you know, it's just good. And then there's been times where we haven't really spoken much because he's doing other things or we're doing other things, but. Danny, he's pretty honest with his lyrics, and that's the that's really the that's where you get to know Danny is in his songs. I don't think you can get a better read on Danny in person. Some people say, "Oh, you know, he's he's a bit standoffish, or he's a bit this, and he's that." He's like, like, the dude is is himself, and he goes through. He's got his own things going on, and he likes what he likes. He doesn't like what he likes, but he does appreciate everyone. He's just not very, I don't know. And sometimes he is. Sometimes he's really loud and really like, "Hey, come on in!" But like his songs. Are really quite uh, his lyrics are very uh i think very honest and speak i personally as a friend i'm just assuming this because i know him that's not like i've spoken to him before this but and he's gonna watch this and be like what the fuck is he talking about <laughs> <laughs> but i genuinely I, when i li- listen to lyrics i'm like damn like i feel like i know him more and more the more i hear his lyrics you know what i'm saying well, yeah. So it's like he's using his emotions and channeling that into a positive way with the music. It, it reminds me when you speak, I'm reminded of like Axl Rose with Guns N' Roses, because you listen to some of those Guns N' Roses songs. And uh, I mean, you can just feel like when I was a kid and I remember listening to Guns N' Roses and going, oh, God, like, you know, just the way he would say fuck all the time and fuck this. And like, you're like, yeah, I, I can relate to this. And like, yeah. he's channeling those emotions. Definitely. And I think like as time's gone on and we've got older, I think he's got all of us have got way better at just kind of being a bit braver and being like, okay, no, this is who I am right now. And this, instead of being led and to, to, to be something that you're not, or be a a version of yourself that you don't necessarily want to be. And, you know, I think that now you, it's now you do that or you become, I don't know what you could become if you went down that road into the later years in your life. Like it'd just be a sad, I think it'd be a sad existence if you, you continued down that way of just pleasing, pleasing and not actually just like saying, okay, Hey, this is me now like come on <laughs> and just let it out you know is that how you approach the record is just trying to make a, a album that was very genuine to who you guys are as a band because it does seem very genuine and, and real and and raw and just really i like how it's there, it's a little bit eclectic like i said that title track yeah. is a clear clear ballad it totally like is, Psycho is a is a very aggressive there's like the um what's well, the uh, let it let the dead take me that's like almost got a punk riff a lot of like, yeah 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 stuff yeah, it's definitely eclectic. It's uh, we've said like this album that we made was for the fans because we wanted to give everyone a taste of what we are and what we've been and like what we've done and over the years. Like, because every album we've ever released has been completely different. Like, it really has, apart from like the first two very heavy breakdowns, metalcore, and then we strayed off into like uh, we journeyed creatively into like rock and like you know and just more kind of like radio rock and ballads and and exploring Danny's vocals a little bit. And it's like this, then the last one especially was full of balance. It was powerful, but it wasn't exactly the hardest record you'd ever heard. It was just like, I mean, music, musically, it was one of my, one of my favorite ones we've ever done really. But this one was more of like a, Hey, to the fans, we hear you, we see what you're crying for. We want, you want something heavy. I, and we all love different music in the band. So I love heavy music. I love heavy music. James Cameron loves heavy music. Danny, 
He loves a bit of country. He loves pop. He's all about Adele. Like Adele's like his favorite artist ever, right? And then you got Ben. He loves his blues, and he loves. He also loves a bit of country and stuff. So this one, like all, all, it's a melting pot. Asking's always been a melting pot, especially as you get older and you start all going in your other, you know, directions of what you love and stuff. But this one specifically was keeping the fans in mind, which I think the past few records we've been a bit selfish in just doing what we want to do. And that's to say like, you know, you should be honest as an artist and as a creative, you should do what you want to do at the time. I think that if you, we didn't do that, we wouldn't be able to release the record we're doing now because we would have gone, ah, I don't want to do this anymore. You know, like, so you have to just kind of take a bit of a, you've got to take these details. Otherwise you'll burn out doing being a, a people pleaser and you won't be honest and you will hear it in the music. But we got to a place where we're like, yeah, cool. Like let's make, some heavy music again. And I think that honestly, we've had so much fun doing it that I think there's going to be a lot more heavy music coming, you know, from, from oh, asking. Awesome. I, well, I genuinely do. Yeah. And what about, tell me about the song kill it with fire. Cause that one is so hardcore fast paced. Like I would really, say, really off the wall, different from everything. That was kind of Ben. Uh, I can't talk too much on it because that was a bit of a surprise for me as well. I heard that as like, he sent it to me and it was like, I was just thought it was like a demo, you know, he's like, Oh, I was like, this is cool. Like, this is crazy. This is wild. And then the next thing I know, it's like, boom, it's on the record. I'm like, fuck, this is all right, cool, sick. But is that harder to play the, a song like that? Like, especially for your drummer, James. I'm like, how does I didn't play do that, that song, but I, I I didn't have any part in that song. Like, that's one of the one of the songs on the record where I was just like, it got sent to me from Ben. It was like, cool, oh, it's pretty much done. I just in its raw form, as you know, it's not like it's like a polished song. It's very mm-hmm. rough around the edges, very punk, and it was like cool. You just want to, I think it'd be cool just to throw this on the way it is like, all right, cool, go for it. And it was just something he wanted to do. And that experimentally, why not throw it on there? We've just, I think the rest of the record gives you kind of like a, I think it was just like, I don't know. I, don't, I really don't know. You'd have to ask Ben, but I think it was just him. I think that's even him screaming and shouting and stuff on it too. Like just getting it out a little bit, you know, but um, I like, I hope you do, do that it. one live. That would be cool to see. Live. I feel like that would get the crowd going for sure. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Do you have the set list ch- uh, picked out yet? Like, do you know how many new songs you'll be doing? Yeah, we're doing some new ones. Oh, man. The set list, like I said, we've been talking so much back and forth. And like, we, uh, let me see. I've got it on my phone here, the set list, because we've been going, changing it and stuff. But I'm not even opposed to even selling you what the set list is going to be like in this next tour, because we're throwing old ones in the sets as well as new ones. As this record is an embodiment of all of our work, we think that going out there and touring it, it's only justified to play some of the old ones that people want to hear too. Like stuff that you wouldn't even think Danny would ever do again. Like heavy, heavy off the first two records. Cause everyone kind of, I get, I see online like, Oh, you know, he's, he's like, he can't scream or he's not doing, he, he can't scream anymore. It's like, dude, you wait till you hear like Danny's on it. Like he's so ready to do some, some heavy stuff again. And I think in the past, he's just not really, but hmm. we're finally at that point where we took the detour. We did what we needed to do. And like, we're back, you know, organically where we should be. So it was not more, it was more that he wasn't that he couldn't physically sing like that. It was just that he wasn't really feeling it. He was feeling it and he didn't enjoy it. And, and I think he probably recently would tell you that it's not that he couldn't do it, but I think he was probably damaging himself in certain ways. But recently he's taken up, he's been uh, really looking into technique and making sure he can do it and consistently do it and make sure that he's not just going out there and getting people what they want and screwing his voice up because he's not just a heavy screaming vocals. He does love to sing. And this dude should protect that because it's a, it's a talent and it's something that I would be protecting. If I could sing as well as scream and I love to sing, I wouldn't jeopardize my singing voice. Like I just 
So he's taking the time. He's he's at a point where he wants to do it. So that's a huge thing, you know, like, and um, and he's taking the time to get his technique down a little bit. And, and it's like James said it perfectly. Um, it's like having a, a tool and you've kind of left, if you've, done, if you've not used it for a long time, you've left it out in the rain, that shit's going to get rusty and it's not going to work, but you need to sharpen your tools. You need to maintain them and you need to, and that's, you know, James has been releasing some playthrough videos on, on his social media recently of him playing some of the older stuff. And it's just getting his heel toe back in for his, you know, his crazy kick. It's, it's a tool. It's something that you should, and Danny has been, you know, sharpening his tools a little bit recently. And it's kind of cool to hear. I've been, I mean, you've heard the new record and he's got a few, few bangers in there, but like we're even talking about doing old stuff. Like I'm saying, throwing some old stuff in the set and uh, really just giving people a taste of, of asking like old and new we're not just going to turn our back on old stuff anymore and is there certain out. songs that have been fan requested for a long time that you guys have refused to play that now you will uh not all of us i would play i would gladly play any song anytime <laughs> i'm not that guy like but uh i think like a prophecy um you know like uh, a final episode we do that because it's one that people just love to hear and uh you know, uh, I'd have to look at the set just for for me to tell you which ones we've we've um, we've gone with. But there's there's old ones, man. Like you know, even things like Breathless and Killing You, and like from like the second record and the third record and stuff. Like it's a bit of a head fuck because like I've played some of these songs in years, and I'm like, okay, how many guitars are we bringing out? So because every single record's in a different tuning, and and it's you got to think logistically. How do you actually That's put that true. together? You know. Are yeah. we gonna all bring out like so we've like we've we've Unless you have a guitar tech or bass tech like tuning them in between. Well, yeah, or you can multiple. you know you can you can we go through axe effects, so you can like pitch shift a little bit on mm. the axe effects digitally, but if you start doing that like too much, it starts messing with it a little bit and it sounds yeah. a bit funky and I don't really like doing that. Um so and you guys yeah. don't use tape or anything like that, right? No, so it's like we've got we're gonna no, we don't. So we're going straight through axe effects, but we're gonna maybe do a little bit of transposing here and there just to kind of meet in the middle without having to change it live too much. But it's, it's, it's if anything, it just sounds heavier. <laughs> okay. How yeah, many songs yeah. do you, you guys play? Cause you're on this upcoming tour. There's a, uh, there's three other bands with you. So I'll just count it. <laughs> so we're doing, okay. uh, yeah, we're doing, I think like 16 songs, oh. like 15, 16 songs. It's a good set. Like it's a good one. Yeah. Nice. There are, you know, we're going to try and squeeze it in. We're trying to give people what they want. It's going to be like, Danny, show up talking. We've got another song to do, dude. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Like, so when you look back on, um, I mean, you've done so many other tours too and, and shows. Is there other tours or shows that you've done that really stand out for you? Other shows, what, in the history of doing shows? Yeah, just like, the history of the whole band. Like, I know you played with Guns N' Roses. You played with Corn. You did the Warp Tour. You played with Shinedown a couple tours. Yeah, yeah, Godsmack. Yeah. I mean, what was this one you did? You did a show with the original Alice Cooper band. I mean, this is, like, amazing resume here. Yeah, we've done all kinds of stuff. Even at, like, kind of the, like, award shows can sometimes bring out some 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 acts that you don't see very often. And, like, Avenged Sevenfold, for me, personally, when I grew up, I grew up listening to the event, you know, the Avenged guys, like, they were like my all-time favorite band, you know, like, so when we got, when we went on tour with those guys, it was, that for me was just like, a, I'll never forget that because it was the point for me being like, realizing that was a huge eye-opener for me to like, I'm actually on tour with the band that got me into doing what I want to do this, you know, and it was crazy. It was crazy. And it was a long time ago we did that, but 
for me, I think that'll always be just like kind of a a reminder that it's like, you know, you can actually do whatever the fuck you want to do as long as you dedicate everything to it. And it was that was the point for me. It was like, whoa, I don't think you realize how much I love this band before I was in any band, you know? And it was just like, damn, I'm on, I'm on the other side of the world playing with these guys every night, watching their show and just like listening to the songs that I love. And then, so for me, I think it was probably doing the Avenged Tour. And they, I mean, even Slipknot you know, or Mayhem. It was just crazy to see... Uh, we, you know, Motorhead. These are we're going back to now to the point where my dad's showing me Motorhead vinyl and it, and introducing me to metal and stuff. And I'm actually drinking, I'm drinking beers with them, having lunch with them, and 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 hanging with them, and actually discussing some of their history and some of their past and stuff. And I'm just like, wow, you got to realize it at the time until you look back and you go, whoa, that actually happened. <laughs> Wait, you know? so did you? I thought I heard you guys uh, somebody talking about. Did you do shows with Guns N' Roses? I'm a big Guns N' Roses guy. So if there's so anything we, like, yeah, we did a we did a we did a show in New York with uh, with Guns N' Roses at the Izod uh, Arena, and it was uh, we I think correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we were like in Orlando, and we got a call. We were about we you know we were not ready to do a show with Guns N' Roses, and we just got the call. It's like hey, they want you to they want you to open up for Guns N' Roses them tonight in, in New York. Can you make it? And we're like we're in Orlando. We've got all of our gear. We're about to play a show we can try and make it happen uh so we the crew made it happen they i remember like seeing them just unloading this truck and trying to get it all fly ready and you know get get us there and we just got there within like within the hour or something i remember it was just a mad a mad 24 hours of going from orlando to new york and playing for playing with with them and it was a it it didn't go down like you know you thought yeah this is going to be the best the biggest craziest thing ever and we got out there and this is like early on in our career, you know, again, whether you're skinny, you know, skinny G's, long hair, like, and you're, you're playing to Guns N' Roses fans. It was just like, just silence. Oh. Like, but then they started getting into it, you know, and it was like, we turn around, it's like, cool, set's done. And then, uh, then we go, no, no, play another one. And we're like, we don't have another one. What do you mean? Well, Axel's not here, so play another one. It's like, we don't have another play another one play it again play whatever you want to play play it again and we're just like all right go back out and play some songs again it was a super crazy show that i'll never forget because it was just like never would i like i don't know like it just to me it was just like it was weird it was awesome and i got to watch them and it was crazy and to say we did it and it was just a fly in fly out a whirlwind of a time but like even just down to the set and just trying to like make it work around like Axel's schedule and stuff because he didn't rock up until like late, late after when they were supposed to go on in true Axel fashion, you know. Just meanwhile, we we'd gone through our set like three times to a bunch of people that didn't even want to hear it once. Wait, you played the <laughs> same set just over? No, and over. we didn't. That was an exaggeration. We did a few songs again just because the time was like, yeah. okay, we'll give us buy a bit more time. It's like, damn. All right. Wait, so, and then what was the thing where you were supposed to play with Steven Adler and you're going to jam Night Train, but then he just never showed up or something? No, we did actually. We did. We went to his little practice spot. Well, we didn't do it live. We went and jammed oh. with him. And again, this is a time, this is in LA. And this is a time where we were crazy. And I was probably one of the least crazy ones. And I was like, all right, cool. Here's your homework. He wants to fucking jam these song, this song, this song off Appetite. And I'm just like, what? Yes, cool. I'm there doing my, I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. I've got it down. And I showed up. I was the only one who had it down. Me and Ben, right? We rocked up and he's playing. He's like jamming. And I'm like, I'm not feeling it. We're jamming together. 
and the rest of the guys, I think, were just like partying the night before, and they just didn't realize like if it was like a real thing or anything. And I, I think he got a little bit upset. He was just like, "Oh, the, you guys are cool. What the hell's going on here?" And it was just like, a, and he did, and it was just a, a bit like last minute thrown together, and it didn't work out. But I, hey, we, I still had a great jam with him. It was great. Like I, I had a great time. <laughs> that would be interesting to hear your guys's cover of Night Train. That would be really cool, actually. Do you have a copy of that? No, no, I don't believe there is. It was just a, a fleeting moment in, in the history books for us. And it's, it's funny you brought that up because it's, it's you've taken me back to his little lockout. And yeah, it was like we went and did it with him like the day before tour, I think. It's funny because like at that time, we always used to get curveballs thrown at us right before tour. We're prepping for tour. We're about to go and embark on our tour for the next six weeks. And then like, oh, the day before, you're going to do this. You're going to do this. Like we did the Warrior show. I don't know if you saw that. It was like um, you know, the Ultimate Warrior, the wrestler. Yeah. Well, we did <laughs> this boot camp. It's on YouTube. As okay. an episode of us doing like a boot camp with him. And it's the day before we go on tour and we're all just getting put through the ringer. Like he's like got chains around us. We're doing push-ups. He's got on the treadmill. But Danny and Ben rock up the right before and they've got a bottle of wine and they're just like, what the fuck? You know, and he's like, that's disrespectful to me, motherfucker. I'm going to put you through the hell. It's all on YouTube. And I'm just like, <laughs> I, looked, I watched it like not long ago and I'm just like, oh my God, look at these malnourished, skinny little kids that, that are just... And at the time, we're just like, is this the day before tour? And what? We're doing what? We're doing what? Yeah, be here in like two hours. I'm just like, okay, cool. Like, <laughs> meanwhile, the rest of the guys are on it, you know? And it's funny now when I look back and, it, you know, and rest in peace to Warrior. He, you know, he was a legend in his own right. And it was, a, I look back again and I think, wow, what a cool experience, you know? Yeah. Well, it sounds like a lot of experiences and it sounds like you have a lot of clarity now and that you're, you sound very grateful for all this stuff. And I think to me, that's the key to happiness from what I've, all these people I've talked to, all these interviews, gratitude is really huge. And you have, it seems like you have have that in space. Yeah, dude, how could you not? How could I not? You know, I am, um, I still keep in touch with all my friends and family and stuff back in England. And uh, even though, you know, it's a huge sacrifice to be away from them all, but like, it's a huge, also a huge reminder. Cause like of what I do get to do and the life I do get to live. And you never know. You just never know what's going to happen. So again, I'm, I don't know if it's just a coming of age kind of bullshit thing, or I'm just like starting to realize it, but Did you I, always, I, I don't know. I've always been grateful, man. I really have always been grateful for doing what we do. I just, I've never really kind of voiced it as much. That's as, great though. You know? But did you notice when you guys started to get success, did you notice like that your friends and family, did some people treat you differently or did ever? No, no it was, it was people that were our friends started treating us differently. <laughs> <laughs> you know, remember I said oh, everyone thought we were a joke yeah. and we said we were going to go to America and we were and and yeah, all right, good luck. Best okay, I've got a story for you. I was at college doing um music technology with um that's where I met Danny and Cam. We were all in the same course doing that. I lasted about three months because it was a shitty course that, that I won't say all the tutors, all the teachers in it were just like jaded, bitter towards the music industry so day one of us getting there we're all bright eyed ready to go out of school we're here to learn about audio and they're like all right all right before we begin just so you know of all of you here maybe two of you will get a job in the music industry okay and it was just like absolutely the most deflating first and i'm just sat there I'm like, all right. and it continued for a few months of me just going to this course other than like starting a band with Danny because I'd met him in the course and stuff and we're doing our thing on the side. Like I was like, dude, I'm not doing this. This is bullshit. I'm just going to go get a job. 
And, and I remember telling the tutor at that lesson, I was like, hey, I just want to let you know I'm dropping off the course, um, but I wanted to give you a heads up, you know, like, I think I've got like a week and then I'm going to be out. He's like, well, no, just leave right now. Get out, get out of my lesson right now. And this, this, he just like called me out in front of everyone. I was like, go on then. If you think, if you think you want to do it, get out, get out. And I remember looking around and Cameron was in the room. Cameron was in the class with his notebook. I'm just like, what the hell? It's like, all right. I wasn't trying to be rude or anything. I'm just telling you I'm going to go and do something different. And he kicked me out of the class. And years later, I got, I got, uh, someone reached out to me from York College and it was a student. And he's like, I really want to do, uh, I'm doing a piece on asking. I would love it if you could come to the college and, and speak to me a little bit about asking. And I'm a huge fan. And I was like, yeah, of course, of course I will. I'm doing music technology. I was like, oh, sweet. I did that course, funny enough. And I go up the stairs and into this classroom, the one that I got. And then, by the way, when we all said that we were going to go and start a band, all of the, the teachers were like laughing about it. It's like, oh, good luck. They've got a huge poster of us in this class saying how we went to the went to York College and you know and and and, and I won't say all the truth because there's a couple that were really there was a really couple really cool teachers there that were like and, and I actually got to see them when I came back. Uh one of them was called Chris. But we had like seven teachers that were called Chris there. It was crazy. But the one that was I just wish the one that kicked me out and laughed and there's a few of them did and were there. But no it didn't matter. I went back and it was just cool. I spent an hour talking to this this lad and uh, in the room where I just got like humiliated for just standing up for myself and going, I don't really feel this is, you know, I'm, 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 it's not for me. I'm going out. And and then the, I found out that they were all laughing about us starting a band and going and, and going over to America. And now they're just like flying the flag. Like we were, you know, they came here and it was just like blew my mind a little bit, but that that's not, so- to, that's not, I'm not telling, I'm not saying this to like discourage people that go to York college because I went to speak to the lad that was in the shoot and it, it wasn't about, you know, I could have been like never going in there again. Screw that! But I did want to go and speak to him because he was a fan of the band and he didn't know about any of this stuff. And yeah. if anything, maybe if I had had something like that at the time when I was in, it might have actually made me want to stay or maybe want to pursue it. Actually, give some give some positive feedback. You can fucking do it. Don't let other people that are a bit bitter and tell you otherwise. You know. But it was cool. But again, going back to like, did people treat you differently? Like, yeah, people have definitely. Definitely treat as different, but I'm really thankful that my friends and my family don't treat me any different. I think that that keeps me nice and grounded, you know. That's I'm awesome. From I'm from Yorkshire. I'm from like not the nicest part of York, Yorkshire. Like outside of York, I'm like from Selby. Like it's pretty blue collar, really. Like you either get a trade or you go to the mines. You know, my my friend circle, my family are like, we'll go out and work, you know, and so they'll keep you pretty grounded, you know. <laughs> and I'm thankful for that as well, you know. That's great. Good stuff. Well, the new album is, uh, well, three of the songs are out now. Um, the full album comes out August 25th. Yeah. Yep. And it's called, uh, where do we go from here? Great stuff. I've heard the whole album. It's, it's an amazing album. It's one, it's probably one of my front runners for album of the year that I do every nice. year. I always uh, say the best album of the year. That one. I, I also really like the new extreme album. It's, uh, I don't know if it's the same kind of music that people listen to asking Alexandria, but I like both those bands. Uh, I always end promoting a charity or a nonprofit. Is there, is there a cause or something that you want? Um, to yeah, it was a yeah. I think um, the one I wanted to pick for this one was uh, Heart Support. It's pretty close to my world. Um, it's actually founded by uh, the vocalist of August Burns Red, Jake Lurs, and uh, 
yeah, I've been looking at what they've been doing over the years. And I think it's a great um, outlet for people that are dealing with like mental illness or even just need someone to speak to. And uh, they've got a great platform and um, yeah, props to him for, for using his platform for, for, for to benefit others. Cause I've seen it over the years and they're doing great things. And uh, yeah, there's, you can go, uh, they've even got an app. It's like an SOS app. If you are feeling like you've got no one to speak to or anything like that, you can go, and uh, you should check it out it's called heart support and uh you can find them at heartsport.com you can donate heartsport.com forward slash donate which is a really great cause uh helping a lot of people shedding a lot of light on the stigma of uh talking about mental your mental health and your journey with mental health by uh interviewing and speaking with uh band members and people that people look up to you know and it's it's a great thing and for me personally i deal with a lot of anxiety as i was telling you a bit of depression here and there but i'm actually quite a happy person on the whole but anxiety cripples me sometimes to the point where i just feel like you know practicing to speak about it and be open about it and not ashamed of it and and i think it's a good thing so i really wanted to uh give them um props for heart support yeah it's a non-profit okay. and uh yeah, that's the one. Great. I think I'll put that link in the show notes along with your website. People can yeah, pre-order yeah. a new album or get it if it's if it's already out when they're listening to this and then catch you guys on tour as well. And, yeah. Um, yeah, great. Thanks so much, Sam. This was great. You did a great great job. You should definitely do more interviews. You have some great <laughs> stories that I'd never heard before. So Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm about to get my phone blown. Why did you say that? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks, <laughs> thanks so man. much. I'll see you on tour. Hell yeah, man. Thanks. Thank you for taking the time to listen to the full podcast episode. Please help support our guests by following them on social media and purchasing their products, whether it be a book, album, film, or other thing. And if you have a few extra dollars, please consider donating it to their favorite charity. If you want to support the show, you can like, share, and comment on this episode on social media and YouTube. And if you want to go the extra mile, you can give us a rating or review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. Finally, Make sure you're subscribed to the show on YouTube for the video versions and other exclusive content. We appreciate your support. Have a great rest of your day and shoot for the moon.